Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wood-carved, iron-forged, stone-wrought. Bronze-cast, crystal-set, light-thrown, leather-bound. China-glazed, glass-cut. Pint-poured, pint-adored, pint-aboard. Watered moon under you, come back soon. To the moon underwater. to the world and the way to the world removed here at the moon underwater i am john robbins the landlord of this mystical magical pub and where is this pub oh good question it's within thy sen it's within you it's an impossible pub that we've made possible i say we because across the bar from the singing brass and the shining cut glass is regular the lovely Robin Alder. Hello Robin. Hello John. How are you? I'm good. How have you found yourself recently? Well, I found myself very well. Yeah, it was a lovely introduction. Oh, You're sounding more and more kind of like a cult leader each week. Yes, well, it is a sort of a cult, but a, a nice one where the only thing that's been added to the uh, drinks is alcohol. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, look quite dark that. Yeah, well no, it's it's quite light because everyone's sort of everyone's clear that they're not going to come to any harm uh, and it's not actually a cult it's just a, a pub of the mind that shifts and changes itself and renews yes uh, have you noticed i've brought some plants inside well yes. i say brought the moon underwater has brought its own plants inside yeah what do you mean they kind of they're sort of growing ivy is growing outside and now inside Yeah, the creepers. We've got a bit of Virginia creeper, a bit of ivy. Got some uh, winter jasmine mm-hmm. making itself known uh, around the booths. And it's just got a nice sort of fresh fragrance, isn't it? Lovely willow. Lovely bit of willow seeping in through the skylight. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I will have to cut it back. Because, <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll get in the wood. It'll get in the wood. But do you remember... I mean, it's a bit not a great pub, really. But do you remember the first time going to Waxy O'Connor's in Soho? 
the excitement of a tree in a pub. Yes, a tree in a pub is a quite a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, do you know, I haven't been there for years. Have you I been don't. back there? Mm, I Yes, uh, well, a few years ago now, but I, I actually quite like it. Yeah, I like it. There's nothing wrong with it. I know, but it just gets a bit sort of touristy and busy, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's it's a very nice pub in the day. Also, Waxy's little sister is quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, so for those who haven't been, it there's Waxy's sort of like a... There is an element of a sort of um, magical pub about it, because it's just a small door, and then you're into this sort of chasm, and it has many levels. Yeah, it sounds like your description at the start of each episode, really. But Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to go back there to reassess, I think. Yeah. I think the problem is it's just... The, the staff are is really nice, and it's a nice pub, and they've got nice beer on. It just gets a bit kind of stag-do sort of vibe at times, doesn't it? Yeah. I, well, I haven't been there in the evening for a long time. Right. I think it's because you can fit lots of people in there, so well, big well, groups do it, tend to it? go. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't win. You can't win. You can't lose. Uh, so have you been in any pubs recently, Robin? Um, just the Betchman Arms in King's Cross, which was all right. I went, yeah, um, just went over to Bedford at the weekend. Uh, lovely to see the fam there. My nephew, I beat my nephew at Swing Ball and he called me a self-obsessed middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> He's ten. Uh, it was lovely. Yeah, nice to see the family, but not really, not really pubbing, to be honest. How about you? Are you, are you all better now? Yeah, I had uh, COVID, uh, unfortunately. Spend too long in the other realm, and you're liable to get these sort of infections, diseases, etc. Not like here in uh, the correct realm, where the sort of the air is is an immune system in itself. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I finished my isolation uh, very recently. Went to a couple of pubs. Um, and it was a because the weather's been nice. It was sort of a sunny Sunday, and as is always the way on those days, you have to accept that beer gardens become playgrounds. Yeah, and you just have to. I'm much more chilled out about that than I used to be, especially yeah. when you're on your own. It's not like they're sort of interrupting conversation or anything, and it's fair enough. I know, but I sort of. I, I wonder what's in it for the kids. Yeah, it's not going to be... Is it a fun time? But then, you know, they do have fun. They run around. They're having a great time. Yeah, they run around. Have a good run round. They have a good run round. They have a good climb on the seats. And that's fine. I'm not like an old grump. They have a good shriek. They have a good shriek. They <laughs> yeah. do. And it's <laughs> nice to have a good shriek. Hey, we've all been there. We've all had a shriek in a beer garden. Yeah. So, yeah, and then... I had a pint there. What did I have? Pint of ghost ship. Mm. Uh, Adnams. Ooh. Perhaps a touch on the... I remember really liking ghost ship when I first tasted it. Maybe a touch on the citrusy side for me. Sort of bitterness. It's got a sort of a bitter citrusy taste. I like Southwold by Adnams. Have you ever had that? That was on in the Rose and Crown the other yes. week when I was there. That's a very nice... That is nice. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a pint of uh, local... Well... Uh, from the Tring Brewery, not too far from me. Oh, what's it called? I've got to look this up in my mind because uh, it's got a slightly funny name. It's something Pocket, I think. What's it called then? Oh, Mind of Mine. Side Pocket, it's called. 3.6% uh, golden hoppy, packed with flavour, which is very nice. The pint I had was a touch cold. Mm. And I think with weaker, 
especially with like weaker um, ales. If it's too cold, it really sort of obliterates a lot of the flavour. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it was probably four degrees too cold. In I was in a pub recently, and the glasses were actually quite warm, having just come out of the you know the the, the cleaner. Yeah, and I think I quite like that when you get an ale. Do you know what I mean? I used to be so much of a pain at my local pub that does Guinness Extra Cold. Mm. I would ask them if they had any... I would ask them to use their warmest glass. Really? Or I would Jesus wait God. until the dishwasher had... The glass washer had finished. Yeah. And say, just take take one straight out of there and it'll sort of neutralise the coldness of the Guinness. And it does work. Have you been back, allowed back there since? <laughs> uh, you have to be on good terms with the bar staff, I think. And I, I hadn't gone in there for a few months and all the bar staff had changed. And you know that bit when um, Alan Partridge walks in the petrol station and Michael's not <laughs> yeah. working there? No, no, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, but I heard amongst the ruffling of the leaves of the ivy and the Virginia creeper and the winter jasmine, Robin, I heard you sighing ever so. Mm, um, it's yes, quite a side. confident sigh. Yeah, it was a kind of quite short exhalation. <sighs> yeah. Like that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost the shy of sock. Shock. A sigh of shock. <laughs> a sigh of socks. Yeah. Um, so you were sighing, I assume, for the missed mail because of our listeners been in correspondence with us. Yes, the missed mail. First off, a couple of people have been in touch about the beloved Britain's protection in Manchester. Yes, I heard about this. Under threat. So we'll post a link to the petition on change.org. But basically, uh, brewery, subsidiary, star, pub and bars under parent company Heineken have opted not to renew the lease of the current owners. So the pub is under threat. Um, If all is lost, it will fall into the abyss of generic gastropub whitewashing that has befell so many others, it says on the petition there. So do go along to the the petition there to sign it, because it is just such a beautiful pub and so historic, and it would be a real shame if it lost its character. One of my my all-time faves. Yeah, I've been there uh, a few times, and I had a pint of Mary Jane from Ilkley Brewery, Mm. which is one of my favourite beers. So nice, 3.5%. And the, I think the thing is, it's 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 not under threat in the sense that some pubs were un, in COVID of just going out of business. No. It's basically under threat of having its entire vibe re- removed yes. by, by the brewery that own it. And that's such a shame. And just as someone, I think, was quoted from cameras saying, it's just so wrong-headed. Yeah. Such a bad PR move. It is. And because everyone loves it for the way it is now. Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. very, very sad. But yes, please go along and sign that petition. It'd be, it'd be great to for that to continue. Um, I've got a mist here from Fergus Baxter Weir. This is from a couple of weeks ago. I hope this mist finds you well. It was lovely to hear Liam Williams mention Woodford's Wherry. Never actually had it, but in a similar vein to Liam, I associate it with my dad. As Scots, we often went on family holidays across England in the 90s. We visited East Anglia a handful of times, and I distinctly remember him having it and even taking a beer mat home. Since lost, unfortunately. I like, I, do, do, you, do you keep beer mats as souvenirs? Uh, not from pubs. I've been sent beer mats that people have made. Love a beer mat. Um, but hey, there's a nice thing for people to mist in about. Yeah. Is sort of pub trinkets and pub trophies. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm not, not talking about sort of student theft of things. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I mean, I've discussed it before. I have here, right here, in the moon underwater, the Green King pump clip. Oh, just to see that. From the Eagle and Child. God. Uh, 2002, I would have got this before. Oh, so many changes were made and very sad things happened to a once fine ale. Jesus. However, I've got a nice little pub memorabilia. Pub memorabilia. That's it. That's the name of it. It's re- just seeing that kind of gives me kind of nerves about exams. Yeah. It's yeah, oh yeah. god, crikey O'Reilly! There's a great Jarvis Cocker once said that you know Imperial Leather, the soap. Yeah. They changed their branding, and he just suddenly had this extraordinary, extraordinary sense of loss. Yeah. Because now, when you look at that old branding, it will look ancient and old and in the past. You know. Yeah. And there's something. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of the signifier of change. Anyway, you've got a bit sidetracked here. <laughs> but if you have any pub memorabilia in your house, let us know what it is and where it's from and the story. Yeah, please do. Anyway, Fergus continues, We often used to drive around from accommodation to sightseeing spot and use the camera good pub guide to pick lunch locations. My brother and I as kids were often delegated the honour of picking a spot. And in those days, my dad would have a nice pint of local ale over the meal. To wit, Woodford's Wherry was had in many of the chosen pubs in 90s Norfolk and Suffolk. Fond memories. In more up-to-date mist, have either of you visited the Lauriston Bar in Glasgow, truly the best pub in the city, replete with vintage fittings, free lemonade in glass bottles on the bar, and a much-used film- filming location most recently in the Succession episode Dundee? I've never been to there. I've never been to that pub. <laughs> um, I'm just looking it up in my mind. Now, I've never... I went on a solo pub crawl in oh, yeah. um, Glasgow. That's when James Acaster texted me to say is John all right. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, it was a nice idea in theory. Yeah. But I I ended up getting quite ill before a recording of uh House Richard Osman's House of Games <laughs> and uh, <laughs> being sick in a, a uh, hotel divan. Crikey. Yeah. A lot going on in that sentence, John. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'd the thing was, I'd I'd basically just gone to four pubs on my own. So it wasn't anything insane because you go you go up the week the night before to film and you know, I got in at four. So what are you going to do on your own? So I went to a few pubs. I just I don't know what it was. Maybe it was not having eaten or something, but took a bit of a turn for the worse. <laughs> went to my hotel at about half 10. Yeah. And because I was checking in late, they'd done that appalling thing hotels do, where they basically given my room to someone else. Ah. Because they assume you're not going to use it. So they sort of oversell the hotel. Right. So they then they then do this thing. And this happens quite a lot as a comedian, because you're often getting to hotels after gigs. So you're getting there at like 11, 11.30. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've paid for your room. I've never heard of this. Under your practice. name. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, they say, oh, sorry, we're very sorry, we have no rooms. And, and you get in this annoying thing where you sort of have to be a bit angry, but you also know there's no good going to come of it because you know there's no room. So anyway, they say, oh, we'll, uh, we'll find another hotel. And I sort of demanded to be put up in the Hotel Divan. <laughs> <laughs> so they took me there. But because Hotel Divans are quite fancy, yeah. they always take you to your room and sort of give you a tour of the room of like how the Nespresso machine works and all the different fancy things they've got there. And this guy was showing me around the room and I was just thinking, if you don't 
leave now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go into the toilet. You've just explained to me <laughs> to be sick. And uh, I like yeah. this story because, on the one hand, your career is going very well. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a Richard Osman show you're staying in a hotel divan on the other hand on a personal level maybe not going so well <laughs> yeah not ideal but it was nice I love sitting in I love sort of when you're in a city alone in a new city because I'd been to Glasgow before but never had the chance to look around it I love the city so much mm. I love all of those really hefty industrial cities I think there's a real majesty to them it's beautiful, yeah. Um, and just go, okay, I'm going to explore four nice pubs near where I'm staying, pint in each. It was lovely. Yeah. Really, really nice. The Pot Still we went to in Glasgow, which is a lovely pub and brilliant selection of whiskey there. And, yeah, nice and sleazy. Good pub. But it's even got that thing where, like, when you go to America mm. and you go to a just a sort of a quite average bar. yeah. It's got a certain magic to it because it's like, I'm in America. So even when you go to a pub that if it were in your hometown, you might sort of swerve it. Mm. You like it because you're experiencing something of the community of a a city you've not been to before. Yeah, yeah. And we've got another mist in here from Sean. Menabrea info for Robin. Yes, please. I heard Robin wish he could find a pub that had Menabrea on draft. I've also heard him mention Alan Mouth. And he asked you a question about a gnomon a while back. This was in the pub quiz. I asked what a gnomon was. It's the um, the spike on a sundial. He must have visited Amble. I have visited Amble, as I'd never seen or heard the word before walking under one that's only a few miles from Alamouth. Can you let him know that they sell it on tap in Radcliffe's Bar in Amble, which is about 100 metres from the gnomon? I can recommend you go for a raft of ale, which will include this and a few other beers. I also recommend Brewis, which is a local microbrewery that you can sit in and have a beer, which is behind the Morrisons. Great. That's some excellent local knowledge, Sean. I'll definitely try and get up to Amble um, while I'm up north. Um, Another really good missed mail in here from Dave. Uh, The subject is Toad in the Hole. Hi, Robin and John. I'm currently enjoying the Greg James episode, and Robin brought up the Sussex pub game Toad in the Hole. It's great. It has its own Wikipedia page and everything. Robin described it perfectly, really. Thank you. You throw brass discs at a small table that has a sloped square of lead on top with a small hole in the middle. One point for landing it on the lead, two points down the hole. Any toad that hits the backboard or slides off the table doesn't count. You start with 31 points and work down to zero. Oh, so it's a bit like darts. It makes a very satisfying clacking sound that's probably infuriating for other pub guests. Every table is a bit different as the lead can warp or be moulded into strange shapes. There we go. I like that. I thought it was peculiar to pubs around Lewis, but it looks like it has an international competition. That said, the competition does seem to be mainly won by pubs from around Lewis. (laughs) So perhaps it's a bit like how American baseball teams seem to win their World Series. I think you guys would have a fantastic time on a Lewis-based pub crawl. Maybe start with a tour of Harvey's Brewery, which is right in the middle of town. Who knows, perhaps you could try and get previous moon guest Ollie Smith to be your guide. Or I would be happy to offer up some of my favourites. And that's from Dave. Thanks so much, Dave. Yeah, we'd have to go down there. I am actually going to that neck of the woods for a wedding later this year. Are you? Yeah. Okay, Robin, question and question for listeners. Thoughts on brewery tours? Okay. Because... I know people who've 
been on them or they booked them for birthdays or stag do's thinking it's going to be like <laughs> yeah. going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. And it really is just looking at lots of big metal containers. Yeah. I've been to the Black Sheep one. Good. Very good. And I've been to the Bath Ales one, which is good. But when you say good, what are you doing? Are you just being shown lots of pipes? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Have you ever been to a whiskey distillery? No. That's quite fun. But, you know, they really nice copper things there. I ha- I've never done a brewery tour. I have been shown around the Dark Star Brewery. Yeah. Uh, which was really nice. Because it is very small. Um, and just I I love so much of their beers and I love the branding and the people there. But I've never been on like a sort of official brewery tour. I mean, what are you expecting? You're expecting to have a piss up in a brewery? Well, yeah, I, I think I am. <laughs> and I think that's perhaps why they might always disappoint. disappoint when you, once yeah. you've seen one big pipe, you've probably seen loads. Yeah, that's true. You, you have a sample at the end, though. Yeah. But then it's like, isn't it like an hour to wait for a sort of a <laughs> half a bitter? Yeah. What would you, if you were Greg Wallace and you could go inside the factory, what factory would you go inside of? Oh, great question. Probably golf balls. Oh, golf balls. Wow. Yeah, golf balls or golf clubs. It's a good cue, man. Yeah. I think I'd like to see the Guinness factory. Have you done the Guinness tour? Yeah. Is that okay. <laughs> is that not was that not as good as the other ones? It's it's all right. It's just I mean I don't really know. It just feels like very very like I mean it is good. It is good. I'm not going to diss it, but it just feels like such a touristy thing to do while you're there in Dublin. There are so many other great spots to go to, you know. Yeah. No, I think golf balls, please. Golf balls. <laughs> That's a nice answer. Take me to the Bridgestone factory or the Titleist factory. And I could just imagine you with Greg Wallace standing outside a factory and there's a drone and you kind of go, and this week we're going to be see... <laughs> and this week we're going to see how they make golf balls! And the drone sort of flies above you like that and you see the whole factory. Are you telling me yeah. there's enough rubber in this factory to fill 20 swimming pools? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Um, and he'd press a few buttons himself, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, Great stuff. Well, folks, if you have some mist that you would like to breathe our way, uh, then send it to john at moonunderpod.com, especially on some of the running topics. We've got uh, themed pub crawls, nicknames for different drinks, pub memorabilia that that lies in your house somewhere, uh, pub memories. Pub memories. Yeah, just please get in touch. And, um, you know... Odd pub names was another one. Odd pub names, yeah. Um, Spanish moss. I was trying to think of Spanish moss all through that introduction as something that could grow inside the pub. There we go. Sorry about that. And as if by magic, some Spanish moss has appeared between some of the cracks in this um, sort of mosaic tiled floor. Love it. What is Spanish moss, Robin? It's moss that grows on trees. Ah, strange of it to appear between the tiles of this mosaic floor, but that's no. the moon underwater for ya. <laughs> uh, well, as nice as it is, it is a it is a trip hazard. So I'm going to remove some of this Spanish moss, uh, perhaps relocate it to uh, some of the trees in the back garden, some of the willows, uh, and make sure that all health and safety is in place for this week's guest.
Robin, have you noticed the bats against the twilight sky? Heading toward the belfry? Yes, they're heading toward the belfry, but on their merry way there, they have, they have spelt something out. It's pretty extraordinary. I can't make it out. I can't see what language it is. Um, can, can, you, can you decipher what the bats are spelling out on their flight to the belfry? I think it's the word bat. That's it! <laughs> they're, just, they're just learning quite basic yeah. phrases, and uh, they've just spelt out the word bat. Uh, but I think the, something, is, something has disturbed them in their roosting because they were all along the gutter um, like a sort of bat xylophone hanging upside down they were and th- I think the wheels of some kind of uh, chariot at the very least a chariot I would say has disturbed them so it, it must be it must be some kind of portent that our guest is approaching the moon underwater this evening and yes here she is at the door oh through through the bottle green glass i catch a glimpse and in walks ezra Furman. hello ezra oh hello gentlemen oh come in come into the moon underwater make yourself comfortable yeah yeah let's get myself set up got my water Got you. Got your plastic vial of water. A wild, a wild night. Oh, here's a here's a jar of melatonin. Yes, yes. In case we I have, have trouble sleeping during our conversation. So, is it a jar of melatonin? Why why has that revealed itself in the moon underwater this evening? What is that? Uh, melatonin is something that uh, I guess is supposed to help you sleep. I've just started trying it basically because i i I started to play shows again if you can believe that and uh i i i take sleeping pills when i go on tour actually and what usually happens to me is like i i just get the cheapest possible horrible sleeping pills that like you know they give you brain damage probably I started, somebody, for years people were recommending you should take melatonin instead. I don't know why I never tried it earlier. Because I would, like, take a sleeping pill and then, like, have a panic attack, kind of. I could, like, feel it messing with my body and then fall dead asleep. And it would still kind of work. So you get the panic just before the sleep. That's quite an odd combo. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're entering the, the black hole of sleep and you're like, no, no, I still have things I want to do. I don't know if I'll ever wake up. Well, well, grab yourself a, a seat and don't maybe don't have the melatonin just yet. Okay, all right, I'll because hold we need we need you for some time. We have a great deal to discuss here in the Moon Underwater. We have to create your perfect pub or bar, but before then, will you indulge us and can we talk a bit about Lou Reed? Oh, sure. Because. Robin and I have both read your 33 and a third book on Transformer. You're in the tiny club (laughs) of my favourite people. I think I speak for both of us when I say it's one of the best pieces of writing about music I've ever read. In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say it's the best piece of writing about music I've read since I read Lester Bangs' review of Astral Weeks. Oh my, that's a classic. It is absolutely sublime and both robin and i are big lou reed fans and also interestingly we listened to transformer for the first time together about 25 years ago in robin's living room so you're a couple 
I didn't realize you were a couple. <laughs> we're, 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 we're a couple of best mates. We went to school together, yeah. And from reading the book, one thing I vividly remember is listening to the Transform with John and both of us really expecting something different because, you know, having loved the Velvets and everything. And then, you know, we put it on and we were like, why is there so much tuba on this album? <laughs> you know, and um, I think what your book does so brilliantly is is write about the sort of the fundamental ambiguity of the album you know in terms of like what is it trying to be what is it kind of almost being I think you just write about that beautifully and you also write about how difficult it is to write about Lou Reed as well so I just think you you know in terms of the fact he wasn't a particularly nice person so I just think in terms of the way you cope with those difficulties and those ambiguities it's just fantastic yeah it was it's a weird thing about that album that like the things and I guess about Lou Reed in general, like the things that I don't like about him and the album are actually what m- makes me still interested in him and it, you know, somehow, somehow the negatives become the positives or, or draw you in in some way, like teasing you a little bit. But also that you, you basically articulate so succinctly what I think a lot of people are trying to say about problematic artists. And you absolutely nail it in a fucking footnote. Yeah. And it's like, it's about eight lines. And it it just, it speaks to so many people's real sort of wrangling and conundrums they have with artists they like, who they either know as people are not very nice or find out are not very nice as people. And you you absolutely hit the nail on the head by which you say it's absolutely fine if revelations about someone become too big a barrier for you to appreciate their art. However, I am willing to hold both sort of conflicting opinions in my head whilst I listen to this music. And sometimes the the nastier side of someone can, can give you insights into their music and you're sort of happy to, well, not happy, but you're you're willing to hold two conflicting thoughts at the same time, which I think social media especially doesn't really tell us is an option. Yeah, I know, I know. Ambiguity, baby, that's where, that's where I come from. That's my bread and butter. I'm surprised, I'm surprised other people aren't as, aren't as comfortable with it, but, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's also like, I mean, it remains tricky to to like praise somebody who's done bad things i just think you have to talk about both yeah and if it doesn't if it doesn't ruin it for you then uh nobody nobody's gonna police what i listen to or movies i watch you know it's just like at a certain point it takes you out of it a certain point you can't dance to r kelly anymore just just like it takes you out of the mood. Uh, you know, mass sexual assault just kind of takes me out of the dancing mood. <laughs> but it's sort of up to each individual person to make that call about how they relate to whether it's music or film or a book, because there are some people for whom it does, it just becomes too big a barrier to listening to that stuff or watching that stuff. And there's some people, and it's different for everyone. Yeah. But it's okay to go, yeah, the guy's an asshole, but this song, this song just gets me. And and you deal with that with that thing about Lou Reed that 
I really admire in his music is that he's kind of an asshole in the songs, but he's also very tender and has a great deal of insight. And you think, how can someone so tender be such an asshole? But he's sort of, he's in charge of that, of what he's portraying there. Yeah, and I think with him in particular, him being an asshole and being willing to be really cold, even on the records and in the songs, allowed him to write a, a new kind of a song. You know, you, you made you made major breakthroughs with that detachment, and it was sort of it gave him some kind of artistic advantage and like obviously ethical handicap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we saw him on the Ecstasy Tour in 2000 at the Royal Albert Hall and then in the Colston Hall in Bristol. I love that album. I think Ecstasy is such an incredibly mature piece of work. Do, do you like his later stuff as much as you like his 70s stuff? I got really, really into that album, uh, New York, which is like 1989 or something. But... Nothing touches the Velvet Underground for me. That's those are the perfect four records. Those those Velvet Underground LPs and the other and the everything they ever recorded to me is is perfect. It's it's kind of in my in my blood, and I can find no fault with it. And so, like, so any any Lou Reed solo stuff is is hard. I'm like, but it's not. The old band, and what can you say to that? Well, <laughs> thank you for indulging us in a little chat about uh, Lou Reed because we just love the book, and also I'm, I'm absolutely entranced by your music. It's been a real. When you get to a certain age, you you stop listening to new stuff because you get sort of entrenched in your. 25-year-old self's music taste, but to have... Um, I've been listening a lot to Inside the Human Body. Oh, the old stuff. Jeez, man. That's so good. It's so good. I know it's quite a while ago. It's incredible. It feels so young to me. It just feels so... Oh. 21 years old to me. But it's so fresh. It's it's like got such a strut. It just like arrives. I I really um I really loved it. Anyway, we have to we have to create a pub for you or a bar at the very least. So, first question: because you're a super cool American rock star, do you want to hang out in a bar or what sort of venue is it that you want to create today? I'm after a bar. I don't listen. We got to talk about terminology. I can't betray my culture and call it a pub. It's a bar. It's a bar to me. And there's like a fundamentally different valence or feel, I think, to to a a bar versus a pub. I think it's a different thing. It's a different genre of thing. Or maybe maybe I just feel the UK-ness of it all. When I'm in a pub and when I'm in the UK, I'm like... I mean, I got to tell you, I have like the UK to me is like my it's the Moby Dick to my Ahab, you know, your your country is sort of in some way my enemy in some way, like gives me the only purpose I have in life, Um, (laughs) which is to say, I mean, I think the first time I went to the UK, I got deported. No way. I got sent back to Amsterdam. Yeah, that's right. 
But even before that, we were on bad terms because I was dating a woman who is now, the story ends happily, we are now wed. But at the time, she moved to London from the States and we we decided we had scars from previous long distance relationships. We decided we were breaking up forever. So the UK took my baby away and then I was going to go on tour of the UK. So I had a chance to see her. And when I got there, you know, nobody told me what was up with immigration. They asked me what I was there to do. I had, I didn't have a work permit or anything. No one told me to lie. I was supposed to lie, <laughs> I guess. But I was like, oh, I'm here to play music. I'm in a band. I just, uh, we're called the Harpoons. And uh, you should come to our show. And they were like, I see. Sit over here, please. Um, sleep under this foil blanket until we, uh, <laughs> until we send you back to Amsterdam where you came from. And they canceled our show and they put on the chalkboard at the pub where we were going to play. Tonight's band has been deported. I think... It might have been the windmill in Brixton, actually. And then, many years later, when I had struggled for years with little to no success as a musician, suddenly the UK and its national radio system graced me with its favor. And, and started, you know, Mark Riley started to play our record on the radio all the time. And The Guardian was like, five stars. And then I only, I only came to the UK for like a year. I, I came... I, I didn't play a show in the U.S. for over a year, I think. And, uh, you know, and now I'm doing the music for that British TV show. Sex Education. Amazing soundtrack. It's just like the your people have sustained me. But and so and like my 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 manager, I got I, I found a manager in England. He's British. I'm dealing. My label is British. So many British people in my life. You're all so sweet, but I have a, there's like a, it's when somebody, when somebody is nice to you, you don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, um, I think you have a similar relationship to the UK's Frank Zappa did because he was more popular here than in the States, but when he played here, someone pushed him off the stage and broke his back. Oh no, I never heard about that. Yeah, that's, he was in a wheelchair for a year. Because uh, a, a boyfriend of a fan got jealous and rushed the stage and pushed him into the orchestra pit. But Hot Rats did get into the top 20 here. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. So we're making a bar. We had this conversation a couple of weeks back about the difference between a pub and a bar. And someone contacted me on Instagram and nailed it. And they said, a bar is an area within a building, whereas a pub is the building itself. Mm. I think I that is the like difference. That. Maybe maybe for you over there. I don't know. I don't think I I think a bar is a building in America. I think it's a whole Cuz we don't we nobody says pub. We don't say pub almost ever. It doesn't really work in an American accent, does it? It does, I shouldn't it's, I'm like I shouldn't it say it. It sounds right? quite dainty in an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be me. Um, so what sort of stuff is going on in this bar of yours? What sort of vibe is it? I want it to be as much like drinking alone at home as it can be without it being drinking alone at home. Preach, preach, preach. I want it quiet. Like, quiet. I mean, I, I've always... Uh, since Ever since I was going to bars, I've been... 
Well, I stopped doing this. I used to always ask them to turn the music down. <laughs> they, uh, they almost never do. But I'm like, why this loud? Why? Okay, music. But why is it this loud? We Do we like screaming at each other? And then actually in pubs in London, when I finally got there without being deported, I noticed there's a lot of pubs where there's no, there's no music at all. And it's so much better. It's it's instantly better. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but I was in a pub in Bristol once, and it was nice and quiet, and some Bristol University students came in and went, oh, God, it's too quiet in here, and walked out. And I thought, some people are so different. <laughs> yeah, some people are so thick. <laughs> some people are so different. The, the right people were driven away. And so yes. this is maybe another feature of, of the my dream establishment, is that, like... Some some people, as soon as they walk in, they can tell it's not for them, and they leave. You want you want the bar to te- to tell them it's not for them without you having to tell them it's not for them, don't you? I guess. Yes, I don't want to kick anyone out or or ban anybody. I just want them to ban themselves out of good taste. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so let's start stocking this bar at this um, bar <laughs> where it's like drinking al- alone at home, but without drinking alone at home. Uh, what two items do you want on draft, Ezra? First of all, old style. Do you know old Ooh. style? No, I don't. Do you, Rob? It rings a bell. Uh, carry on. Old style is pretty much only available in Chicago. Wisconsin, maybe a little ways into Indiana, but but it's like it's very Chicago and and Midwest. Maybe you could get it over in Detroit. I don't know. I don't want to say any sweeping things, but it's it's very Chicago, and I'm from Chicago, and uh, it has this sort of red, white, and blue 
logo that just like if i see that logo i feel i just feel better so i've looked them up in my mind and all i'm getting is t-shirts they make an awful lot of merch but i can't see any beer available i gotta tell you i don't think i've ever seen an old style t-shirt but hellemans old style beer here we go here we go (laughs) because there's this thing and i don't know how to pronounce this word so i will pronounce it the way that i my lifelong guess is that the word is pronounced croisand and this beer old style is croisand it's it's one of the few beers that is croisand because croisoning means nothing and does nothing and (laughs) they it's like they like double cook the barley or something that doesn't change anything and then like in like the early 2000s or something they stopped croisoning it <laughs> and there was a public outcry <laughs> there uh, among I believe this isn't croisoned the citizens yeah. <laughs> of chicago and they were like well, can you taste the difference and that everyone was sort of like well no but it's not the point <laughs> that's that's it's a symbolic act Croisoning. Bring back Croison. So they brought it back. At least they brought back saying it's <laughs> it's been croisoned. So your croisoned old style is four point six four percent, which is a very very accurate ABV, which does suggest that it's inaccurate because you would never know it was four point six four. But it's from the Pabst Brewing Company. Oh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst. Such a difficult word to say. Well, this is a very interesting point, which Pabst has a very specific kind of connotation in America. Would that be right to say that it's a very cheap beer? Yes. Is that right? It's, it's yeah. just your go-to cheap beer. It was associated with like Brooklyn hipsters for a while, I guess. But like it's evergreen. It's it's it won a blue ribbon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in like 1890, when there were only three beers. So so old style is owned by Pabst. And it, it, when you say old style is like a kind of classic Chicago, do you mean is that does that mean it's the taste of it is kind of like is that's a kind of Chicago style of beer? I, it's no, it's like totally the same exact thing as Budweiser. Probably I don't know. It's it's. It's more, um, and I will tell you something that happened to me. I find this inexplicable, and it kind of, to me, reinforces some sense of the providence of God. And that is, when I moved away from Chicago to San Francisco, I felt very homesick, and I was like, this is, what is this, California? It's so different. It's not right. I, I don't, I, I don't feel culturally at home here. I went down the block to the corner store at the end of my street and they had a case of old style beer in this in this corner store and I literally have never seen old style outside of outside of the Midwest of America and I asked them like so you have old style here how do you um you order that special and they said oh no we ordered um that came in accidentally instead of something else i'm not sure why it's here we just have the one case i don't think anybody bought any except for me and i basically yeah bought that whole case um of old style six by six pack by six pack it it was a great comfort to me like a little cat had followed you all the way to uh san francisco and and i asked I, i i asked them to order it again and they were like we, I don't think it's possible. I don't know how it showed up here. We wouldn't know how to get it again. <laughs> Magic. So 
Your first choice is old style. What's your second choice? Oh, it's um, Sam Smith's Oatmeal Stout. Ooh. Which is a British brewery, I believe, Samuel Smith. It is. Oatmeal Stout. So where did you first experience that? I think I first experienced it when I finally when I finally made it to the UK for the first time. That's what was... Uh, I mean, that's around in, in... I mean, they have that in Chicago, too. So maybe I tried it in Chicago. I was I was a latecomer to, to alcohol, actually, for... I mean, relatively. I think I start. I think I was twenty-two. I was almost twenty-two when I first uh, took a drink. I was I was vehemently against it. I was sort of this straight-edge punk rock kid. I was like, "You conformists, you know, uh, you can't entertain yourself." I don't know. I was I was that's real pain in the ass when I was twenty. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, I guess like that was that was just an early beer that I was like, this is uh, this is comforting to me. Maybe because it's sort of like a milkshake a little bit. It's like candy, you know, stouts, and they keep you warm in the cold winter, in the cold summer. I run really cold. I'm cold all the time, but my like I'm with people who are sweating and I'm like shivering. So uh, I need those those heavy warming drinks in my life. Like an oatmeal stout. Is this a no- do you think this is another kind of nostalgic choice as well for you? It is in some way. Uh, yeah, just me and my partner, Wild Rose Marie is her name. I just remember drinking that with her when I finally came to visit her in London. And we were like, we're broken up, right? And we were like, oh, yeah, we, we're broken up. Of course we are. We, sh- we, we should never get back together. Definitely not. Anyway, she moved back to the States not too long after, and we got back together. It's a reunion stout. It's a stout (laughs) that brought you together again. Yeah. Let's go to the pub. So far in your bar, we have Old Style, we have Sam Smith's Oatmeal Stout, but you now have two bottles or cans uh, to add to the fridge. Or anywhere else, they don't have to go in the fridge, but what do you got? (laughs) Oh, they can go anywhere. (laughs) That changes my whole answer. Uh, Which beers do I like warm? That's a whole other question. Well, I chose uh, Miller High Life. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, as it's known. And this is this is a profoundly tacky choice, I think. Just a major American brewery, cheapo beer. I just like, I always liked, I like cheap beers. I really, I, I like cheap things in general in life. I was just talking about this with a friend. I've observed, it seems that most people when they find out something is fancier and more expensive, they're like, oh, this is better. I enjoy this more. And I think I enjoy it less to know that it costs more. If I find out that it costs $5, I'm like, oh, now this is, now I like this. I'm not sure what that's about. I'm not, I'm not really sure what that's about. It might be from my hyper poor grandparents or something that, like my DNA still knows it can it tastes different when you when you didn't have to when nobody had to pay much for it but somehow miller high life the champagne of beers became uh, 
my my family, my my parents and siblings, it became like our signature family drink. I don't know why this happened. I'm sure it has to do with it being quite cheap. But why this one in particular? I don't know. Well, the champagne of beers is quite a big call. I've looked it up in my mind and I'm and I'm on a website in my mind that says 12 things you should all know about Miller High Life. <laughs> Care to share any of those? Everyone thinks they know all they need to know about Miller High Life. It's like it's sort of beyond clickbait. It's like no one ca- yeah. no one needs to know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I something d- truly does appeal to me about um poorly executed advertising schemes and slogans. Not that the champagne of beers is great, but it's like you're not fooling anybody, buddy. Like it's uh, this is this is the this is cheap, very normal, really low quality <laughs> beer. Yeah, it's not it's not as catchy that this is cheap and very normal. Although I quite like that. I do. I do often like bring it with me somewhere. And I'm like, I got champagne, everybody. The champagne <laughs> yeah. of beers. I also call it the champagne Urbana of beers, which is an Illinois joke because there's. There's a there's a town called Champagne in Illinois, spelled a little different, and um, it's pretty it's a pretty mediocre little <laughs> okay. uh, village, I would say, college town. So, what's your second bottle or can? Ah, yes, I will. I I choose a half acre Pilsner. Now, I don't. Do you know half acre? No, no, I don't know. This is. I mean, I'm I'm showing a lot of Chicago loyalty. This is a Chicago brewery. My uh, the drummer in my band and and dear friend of mine Sam Durkies. When we when we first started this this band, he worked at the Half Acre Brewery, and uh, so I'd end up there a lot. They're they're a good little brewery in uh, in North Chicago, and I just I'm just fond of them. And he, he when he joined my band, he had two jobs. Uh, uh, he might have had I think he had three jobs, and he was a student. In <laughs> he was a uni- university student, and he joined my band. And I would literally, I I would get we'd get back from a month long tour. I'd just drop him off at work, and he worked the day shift at, at Half Acre, and he worked at a a bar doing sound and lights in the evening. And then somehow at another job and went to classes. It made no sense, but I think of Half Acre. I think of Sam and his just. The, the hardworking spirit of Chicago, Illinois. I love the can. It says pony in really big letters. Oh, that's right. And in uh, in London, that's Cockney rhyming, rhyming slang for crap. Oh. Uh, so p- people would say, <laughs> oh, this is that's absolute pony. Pony and trap, crap. But it's really, it's a really strong look. I, I like it a lot. And you've got it in cans in your in your pub. Chicago, Chicago beers were... Is Goose Island a nice one? Do you like that one? That's the one I remember having in Chicago. Yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, they've got a nice big goose neck when you pull that beer. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I for some reason in the tiny field of play that is Chicago breweries, they seem like a heavier puncher. Half acres like a little more underdog to me. <laughs> if you want to get into Chicago brewery politics, we can dive right in. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can get Goose yeah. Island in my local Tesco's. That's how big they are. They, see, they sold out. 
basically, <laughs> Goose Island is three dog night and half acres of velvet underground. There. Is this what we're saying? Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, the... you don't you don't even understand. Uh, so you're, I think you're referencing a, a my my three dog night diss in my really read book. Yeah, <laughs> but I wrote yeah. like five pages about how how much I dislike the band Three Dog Night, and then really? and then you know, I ha- luckily I had an editor who was like. <laughs> Do we need to talk for this long about your hatred for Three Dog Night? That was very funny. Just just because they were they had number one hits in 1972, and I was like, I'm not taking that entirely, but okay. Yeah, no, they still get the diss in there. <laughs> well, it's shaping up to be an incredible bar. It's also shaping up to be very beer heavy, which is interesting. No wine has yet crossed the threshold. And in Ezra Furman's Dream Bar, we have Old Style, Sam Smith's Oatmeal Stout, Miller High Life, the Champagne of Beers, and a Half Acre Pilsner. But now it is my great pleasure to hand over to the lovely Robin Allender for this week's Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. Played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Welcome to this week's Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. I'm your quiz master, Robin, and I'll ask you a series of questions for which there are no answers. No, I'm just messing around. There are answers, and I'll give them to you in part two. And there are no rules except don't Google the answers because you're only Googling yourself. So how do you feel about pub quizzes, Ezra? By the way, I'm not putting you on the spot here. This is more for the this is for the listeners, but, you know, we can all take part. Do you like a pub quiz? I do. I like, uh, I like the opportunity it affords for absurdist answers that they uh, have to read out loud in front of the bar. In front of the crowd <laughs> yeah. assembled. Particularly team names, that can often be a good... Team names, yeah, that's good. I remember I I did one where I tried to work in the name of the band Crazy Town to every answer I provided. <laughs> or lyrics from the one hit Crazy Town song. You're my butterfly, sugar baby. Oh yeah, that was them, right. Yeah, they, they were, there were a lot of tattoos going down. Yeah, I mean, it was a good song. Looking back, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's got a thing. It 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 was a Red Hot Chili Peppers sample. Yeah, God, imagine how low you have to get to. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, anyway, so this week's quiz is about Crazy Town. It's, no, so it's not. It's um, this week's quiz is. Um, I aced it. Yeah, this is another suggestion from uh, Alex McNutt of the Tiger Tavern in Tunbridge Wells, and um, it is horror film or metal band. Okay, so I'm going to give you five names, and you have to tell me if it's a horror film or if it's a metal band. Okay, do you understand the premise? I will privately log my answers in this notebook. Yes, brilliant. Okie dokie. Okay, you ready, John? Yep. Question one is Wolves in the Throne Room. Wolves in the Throne Room. Is it a band or a horror film? Question two is Pigs, Pigs, Pigs. Pigs, 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 pigs. <laughs> That's question two. Seven pigs. Question two is 
The House of Seven Corpses. Is that a metal band or a horror film? Question four is Blood on Satan's Claw. (laughs) And question five, Dance Club Massacre. Okie dokie. So those are your questions. It's a very good quiz from the lovely Robin, and we will leave you to decide whether they are horror films or metal bands. And we will let you know in part two, so sorry to, to, to string you out on such horrific slash metallic tenterhooks. Uh, but we thank <laughs> Ezra for the bar she has created so far, and we remind you that you can support this fabled tavern on patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod or head over to moonunderpod.com and we thank each and every one of you and those who subscribe to the top tier will be immortalised in the patron's poem. See you in part two. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.